This is a podcast by The Straits Times. This episode contains descriptions of image-based sexual abuse, victim-shaming rhetoric, and suicidal ideation. The year was 2008, a brief period in time when blogs reigned supreme. The very first iPhone was unveiled just a year prior. The word selfie had yet to become common parlance. Instagram did not yet exist. And Apple would not launch the iCloud service for another three more years. As advanced as the internet already was at the time, it was not at all the instant and often image-driven social media landscape that we have now. This was also a time before Me Too, before nuanced discussions of consent and sex, and a period when print media still managed to dominate. Fifteen years ago, in this fleeting, transitional pocket of time, came a sex scandal that would rock Asian entertainment and Korea's start protests, involve a massive yet massively bungled police response, and cause an unprecedented media circus. And this all started when Hong Kong pop star Addison Chun dropped off his laptop for repair. Welcome to Can I Tell You Something Crazy, a series presented by Pop Vouchers re-examining events that shook Asian media and entertainment with fresh eyes. This inaugural edition will launch with a two-part episode about the Addison Chun sex photo gate. So, can I tell you something crazy? In 2008, pop star and actor Addison Chun was the Hong Kong entertainment industry's quintessential bad boy. Born in 1980 in Vancouver to a businessman father with showbiz ties, Chun was talent-scouted while clubbing with friends in Hong Kong to be in a Citibank commercial opposite Leon Lai in 1999. This somewhat accidental career blew up quickly. He caught the attention of audiences in his Hong Kong film debut in the year 2000 as the lead character also named Addison, in the sci-fi flick Gen Y Cops. The same year, he signed a record deal with Emperor Entertainment Group, or EEG, founded by Albert Yong. Chen's rise was fast. A fan of hip-hop stars like Jay-Z, who grew up shuttling between Vancouver, Hong Kong, and even was briefly in New York alone at one point, he was a unique star in the Hong Kong film landscape. If you've watched any of his movies, you'll know he carried himself with a certain defiance and rebellion. He had a very distinct smile, but it was one that could just as easily skew into a smirk. He starred in the seminal and extremely successful Inferno Affairs trilogy, starring, of course, Tony Leung and Andy Lau. Chen played a younger version of Andy Lau's cop character, who was secretly a mole for the mob. Most of his screen time came in the second film, a prequel, where he pined for Karina Lau, who played the paramour of his mob boss. He played a Cambodian assassin in the M18 thriller Dog Bite Dog and a street racer in Initial D, which was adapted from a Japanese manga. So if you've not noticed by now, his best-known role is a sort of morally grey, complicated could-be antagonist who may or may not be on the sidelines of society. And off-screen, he developed a reputation too. In interviews, he openly admitted to being hot-tempered. He would argue with directors who scolded him. He would yell at paparazzi and reporters for annoying him. And they kind of did. The Hong Kong paparazzi was known for hurling insults, for invading stars' personal space, just to get a good picture of them to sell magazines. 
He also admitted to having a feud with his Inferno Affairs co-star Sean Yue, who played his nemesis and the younger version of Tony Leung's character. And the pair even allegedly once had a small scuffle backstage at an awards show. Now, romantically, he was linked to many, many female stars, something we shall return to later in this episode. At one point, he was accused of sending female netizens, let's just say, intimate pictures of his body parts, which he denied. But he was open about sex. He admitted to having one-night stands before he was famous. He also reportedly admitted to losing his virginity at age 13. Suffice to say, his off-screen image as a playboy and a bad boy cemented his on-screen status as one, allowing him to have an interesting range of characters that are outside of leading men norm. He would probably have a much longer and far more diverse career if not for the scandal that broke exactly 15 years ago today. On January 27, 2008, the first explicit pictures of Chen and starlet Jillian Chong of the idol duo Twins were published on an internet forum. It was deleted in just a few hours, but there was enough time, as we now know, for it to make its way around. Following those pictures, more photos of Addison Chen and Bobo Chen, this time another starlet who had, at that point, already stepped away from the limelight, engaging in a sex act were also leaked. A mysterious online poster, who later came to be known as Kira, in reference to the Japanese manga Death Note, teased more photos coming, this time of Cecilia Cheong. And they came. The idea that someone had these pictures and was slowly dangling them one by one, dropping them out onto the internet, must have been objectively horrifying for all the victims of this case. Former South China Morning Post reporter Vivian Chow, who covered the scandal from its earliest days, recalls how it felt like to see the story unfold. I remember the day when it happened. Um, it was it was really shocking in the newsroom because it's not something that we like that any of us would would have expected, and it involved the biggest names. At the time, we started hearing people screaming like in front of the computer screen because they, they were so talking. Now, by 2008, Chen had already left Emperor Entertainment Group, but EEG was still in charge of twins. So on January 28th, the first statement of denial came from them, and it was a strongly worded statement. It claimed that the photos involving Jillian Chong were manipulated, that these were fake photos. Addison Chen came out with another statement at around the same time, though notably he did not make any mention of the authenticity of the photos. He only condemned those who engaged in this act of bad faith and maintained his right to seek legal action against those who published and distributed the pictures. Now, if Addison Chen was Hong Kong's go-to bad boy, Jillian Chong, who was 28 at the time, was the opposite. Your wholesome girl next door. Known as Akil, in Hong Kong, Chong was part of the teeny bopper canto pop duo Twins, along with Shalin Choi, known as Asa. They were best known for songs like Lian Ai Da Guo Tian, which is quite literally about a schoolgirl with a crush on a classmate. Despite being 20 at the time of the song's release in 2001, the lyrics went something like this. I'm underage, so forgive me for being shallow, for I only know that love is bigger than the sky. Hopefully that gives you some idea of how EEG marketed this group, which is to say wildly different from the way Chen was both marketed and received by the public. 
This would go on to become one of the reasons why Jillian Chong, in particular, was so viciously shamed relative to the other victims. Now, netizens quite swiftly jumped in to dispute the claims of photo manipulation. Chen's bedroom had reportedly previously appeared in one of his music videos, and it matched the bedroom that some of the photos were taken in. And when the photos of Cecilia Cheong leaked, netizens quickly pointed out that the tattoos that were seen on her in the pictures matched the ones that Cecilia actually had on her body. But at this point, around two days into the news breaking, the atmosphere was sort of one of chaos. People weren't really sure yet that these photos were real. But that sentiment changed quickly as more and more photos were published. Ms. Chow was assigned to keep track of the images leaking out onto the internet. And they just kept coming. Every day, there were new pictures coming out in, the for- um, in, in, in different kinds of forums. And I had to um, download them or find ways to, um, to, to, to check, to, to make sure that, um, oh, we have new, uh, there are new pictures coming out today. Of course, there were fake-outs. Uh, several anonymous posters claimed to have sex tapes that they threatened to leak. Though by now we know that what was leaked was limited to photographs and not videos. By January 29th, the police were involved. They even reached out to Interpol for help to go after those overseas who posted these pictures online. And sites reportedly went down because the number of people awaiting the promised leaks on various forums generated such high traffic. Now at that point, Cecilia Cheong responded to, without touching on the veracity of the photos, saying that she condemns the action. Cecilia Cheong, if you don't know, was one of the hottest actresses in all of Hong Kong. Known for her beautiful looks, she made her debut as a Sing Lady. Sing, as in Stephen Chow, known in Mandarin as Zhou Xingchi, because her first film was his movie, King of Comedy. And by 2008, after a very dramatic romance that involved a car crash, she was married to Nicholas C., another famous Hong Kong bad boy who spent a good part of his life in Canada, though he was largely thought to be a little bit more reformed at this point. After all, her first child with C was born just five months before the scandal broke, in August 2007. Now, as more photos leaked, it became harder to deny the authenticity of them. These photos were posted and often taken with the subjects looking at the camera, which is to say that the women understood they were being photographed. The fact that Chen would not come to be arrested for these photos also indicate that As far as we know, the women were neither coerced nor unconscious at the time of the picture taking. They were clearly, however, taken for private consumption. Yet they were out there. The Racy Photo Gate, or Yan Zhao Men as it was called, was a full-fledged media circus. It was wall-to-wall coverage. Apple Daily, a tabloid in Hong Kong, ran the story on their front page for three weeks straight, splashed out day after day, on the pages of Hong Kong tabloids and magazines were the leaked pictures, with only black bars blocking out the victims' genitals. And these magazines sold record-breaking numbers, hundreds of thousands of copies in one day, even selling out its print run, which, if you are in the media industry, it is basically unheard of now. Entire editions of magazines were devoted to this, pages after pages and images upon images of these women and Chen, 
And these magazines were reportedly at one point even available on open shelves in the public libraries of Hong Kong. They were only taken off um, after some complaints. And supposedly, if you were above 18, you could actually go up to the librarian and ask for the magazines. So uh, take that how you will. And some of the media would later rationalize why they ran the pictures the way they did. Uh, one of the tabloids, Oriental Sunday, explained that if they only cropped the pictures to show just the faces of those involved, that would not accurately reflect the facts of the case and would deprive readers of their right to know. So they instead chose to black out the indecent portions of the photos. It failed, of course, uh, to explain why the public has any right to view the private nude pictures of anyone. And sadly, the news was not limited to Hong Kong. This was sensational news that received coverage from even North American media like CNN. The images were circulated on sites in China via forums such as Baidu and Tianya, as well as sites, and regretfully it has to be said, newspapers including titles under My Employer, SPH Media, in Singapore as well as media outlets in Southeast Asia. Singapore's own blogger queen Xia Xue followed the scandal closely on her blog. That was back when she was active on Blogspot. Um, she said things like how Edison Chen must be good in bed because Jillian Chong looks so happy. She wrote about how she was looking forward to sex videos that at the time were promised to be leaked. Uh, compilation videos of the pictures also made their way to YouTube, which was then a nascent service as well. And the photos were also copied on discs, like CD-ROMs, that were sold illegally in places like Shenzhen and Taiwan. It was truly the only thing that anyone was talking about. And it has to be said that even though Edison Chen himself appeared in quite a few of the photos, the ones most salaciously printed in the magazines were the ones of the women. And even as a 14-year-old living in Singapore who didn't actually see the pictures at the time, I remember the fairly explicit discussions people had about them in my presence. People talked about the women, people talked about how their bodies looked, and tabloids uh, tried to work out the dates that the photos were taken based on the victim's hairstyles to see who Chen was dating at which time, whether any of the women overlapped, and polls and surveys were conducted for every turn the scandal took. And of course, every celebrity, related to the victims or otherwise, was questioned about it. Have they talked to Addison? Have they talked to Jillian? Cecilia? Do they feel bad for them? Have they ever taken similar pictures? What do they think of someone who does so? And in one of the more memorable quotes given, Eric Sang, who played uh, Chen's mob boss in Inferno Affairs, likens Kira, uh, the man who was leaking the pictures online, to Robin Hood, who steals from the rich to give to the poor, uh, which he most rightly and certainly would not be able to get away with saying today. Still, there were many, many people who condemned the person distributing these photos online. But there were also some who distanced themselves from the victims, some who swore that they would never take such pictures. Uh, there are some people who are empathetic to the victims, and some people who were less so. Under such intense media scrutiny, Edison Chen left the city to visit his then-girlfriend Vincy Yong in America. Vincy is the niece of EEG's founder, Albert Yong, so basically the niece of his former boss. And of course, the media began reporting on all the women Chen had ever been rumoured with. 
and the city wondered who would be next on Kira's kill list. And this caused other stars like pop singers Jolin Tsai and Elva Xiao to draw very clear lines with Chen, saying that they never took such photos and were never involved with him. The Hong Kong Performing Artists Guild, which at the time was helmed by singer Alan Tam, held an emergency meeting and released a statement saying that the incident was not only a tragedy for the entertainment industry, but also for the people of Hong Kong because its negative societal impact would poison the minds of young people. On February 4th, we get our first direct quote from Edison Chen about the scandal. He delivered this statement entirely in English via a video released by his lawyer. Chen had left the city for the US at the end of January and had so far, aside from his very first initial statement condemning the photos, largely kept quiet. This is what he said. I've decided to break my silence today and make this statement to the media and to all people involved in this strange ordeal. Recent documents being posted online have been intentionally hurtful and malicious not only to the victims, but to our whole community. I have already handed matters over to the police and have been assisting them with this case from the first day onwards. Due to ongoing investigations, I am unable to comment any further upon this case. The lives of many innocent people have been affected by this malicious and criminal conduct, and in this regard, I am filled with pain, hurt, and frustration. I hereby use this opportunity to apologize to anyone who has been affected by this strange, strange ordeal. I now call upon everyone to help and assist the victims of this case. If you've ever downloaded any of these images, please do not forward them to anyone. Please do not send them to anyone. If you are still in possession of these images, I urge you to please destroy them immediately. Let's help the wounded heal their wounds. I urge you to help the victims and not make anything worse. The public took his words as an admission that the photos were real. Just as fundamental facts about the case finally began to crystallize. The police posited that these photos were stolen from Chen's computer when he dropped it off for repair in 2006. In fact, Apple Daily actually packed Chen dropping off his laptop for repair in November of 2006 at a computer store called Elite Mountain Media in the central district of Hong Kong. But the understanding that these photos were stolen did not quell its spread or its publication, neither online nor in mainstream media. On the eve of Lunar New Year, more than 200 photos dropped, this time involving more female celebrities, including former singer Candice Chan, 2001 Miss Chinese International contestant Mandy Chen, as well as Vincy Yong, who, as we said, was at the time dating Edison Chen. On February 11th, Jillian Chong made her first public appearance following the leaks. She is the only female celebrity involved to make a public appearance in the immediate aftermath of the scandal. In a brief press conference that was attended by 300 reporters and photographers, of which 100 were kept out of the venue because it was so overcrowded, Chong met the media with her twins' mate, Charlene Choi. She did not answer questions, but this was part of what she said in Cantonese, translated. This incident has caused a lot of hurt and trouble for me and the people around me. I admit that I was very naive and very foolish in the past, but now I've grown up. Thank you to my company, my family, and my friends who have taken care of and supported me. 
I am deeply sorry for the impact this incident has had on society. This speech, which was Jillian Chung's admission that she is indeed the one in the pictures, gave rise to one of the most infamous one-liners of the entire saga. Very foolish, very naive which at the time became what we would now call a viral meme. In fact, it still continues to be used in internet speak even today. She also did not cry at the press conference, and much was made of that fact, that she seemed insincere, that she didn't seem sorry. And Apple Daily's front page the day after was a picture of Chong and forwards, which means Akil, which was the nickname for Jillian Chong, shed no tears. Now, aside from how she was packaged as a star, one of the most unfortunate things about Jillian Chong that caused the public to be so harsh with her was the fact that she had already been victimized once. In 2006, during a concert held in Genting Highlands, Malaysia, a photographer secretly took pictures of Jillian Chong in a bra changing backstage without her consent. Hong Kong tabloid Easy Finder, a title under Next Media, which also publishes magazines like Apple Daily, ran the pictures in print. At that time, Jillian Chong, who was obviously and understandably distressed by the incident, cried about it on television and lamented that she did not know how to face her fan base, which included a lot of teens, tweens, and even children younger than that. And major stars in Hong Kong like Andy Lau, Rosamund Kwan, and Jackie Chan backed Chong up. They protested the magazine's invasion of her privacy. Jimmy Lai, the founder of Next Media, eventually apologized to Chong over the incident. Being violated once did not garner her any empathy. It was instead widely used against her. Newspapers contrasted the two incidents. She was photographed in the bra and she cried all the way from Malaysia back to Hong Kong and talked about how, how could I possibly face my fans? But this time, she did not cry and instead tried to use being naive and as, as an excuse for taking these pictures. Now, of course, if she did cry, the discourse might have been, well, she's a fake. After all, media outlets like Apple Daily, which, as I mentioned, was also owned by Jimmy Lai, ran a lengthy commentary by prominent Hong Kong columnist Li Yi that called Chong a hypocrite. He wrote things like, Akil is not naive. Her image as an innocent angel is fake. She sobbed so badly when she was secretly photographed and said she has no idea how to face her fans. She went to a campus event organized by City of David Cultural Center, which is a Christian organization, and said she rejects premarital sex. At the same time that she was saying these things, she was taking these pictures. Just as one commentator says on Apple Daily site, we don't despise you for being licentious. We despise you for being a hypocrite. Now, this event that Lee Yi mentions in his commentary, a campus chastity event to campaign against premarital sex, Chong never attended this event. It is a piece of manufactured fake news that another tabloid Ming Bao fell for and reported. And that piece of fake news clearly spread to Li Yi. Now, I don't think it needs to be said that someone surreptitiously taking photos of you changing is a vastly different thing from taking pictures with an intimate partner under consenting circumstances. 
But this was a decade before the Me Too movement would highlight rape culture and victim blaming, before conversations about sex were seriously framed around consent. This was the overwhelming discourse surrounding Chong, that she was a fraud, that she was a hypocrite. And there were even really, really unkind nicknames given to her and the appearance of her naked body. When she went for a twin song recording session on February 12, one day after she came out to meet the media, reporters mobbed her and lobbed questions at her, asking her what her favourite sex positions were as she walked into work. Now shortly after when she appeared on a TVB charity show to raise money for the deadly 2008 snowstorms in China, TVB received some 400 complaints opposing her appearance. The Television and Entertainment Licensing Authority, TLA, also received 1,900 complaints. In later interviews, we would find out um, that Jillian Chong was contemplating suicide at the height of the scandal. The man at the centre of it all, Edison Chen, returned to Hong Kong for a public statement on February 21st after what the public felt was a very long wait. Facing up to the media after one's privacy has been so cruelly violated should probably not be an obligation. But there were many, many people who chastised him for hiding, for escaping, for fleeing, and for being a coward. Of course, without realising that wanting to go into hiding seems to be a very understandable response after something like this has happened to you. And with flashes going off in his face every single second of this seven-minute appearance after he came back to Hong Kong, Chen admitted to taking the photographs and announced that he would be quitting show business indefinitely. Here is an excerpt of his apology. I admit that most of the photos being circulated on the internet were taken by me. But these photos were very private and have not been shown to people and were never intended to be shown to anyone. These photos were stolen from me illegally and distributed without my consent. I would like now to apologize to all the people for all the suffering that has caused, that has been caused, and the problems that have arisen from this. I would like to apologize to all the ladies and to all their families for any harm or hurt that they have been feeling. I'm sorry. I would like to also apologize to my mother and my father for the pain and the suffering that I have caused them during these past few weeks. Most importantly, I would like to say sorry to all the people of Hong Kong. I give my apologies sincerely to you all, unreservedly, and with my heart. During my time away, I've made an important decision. I will wholeheartedly fulfill all commitments that I have to date. But after that, I've decided to step away from the Hong Kong entertainment industry. I've decided to do this to give my an myself an opportunity to heal myself and to search my soul. I will dedicate my time to charity and community work within the next few months. I will be away from Hong Kong entertainment indefinitely. There's no time frame. I've been assisting the police since the first day the photos were published. 
and I will continue to assist them. After this press con, I have obligations to help them with their investigation and hope that this case can end soon, as everyone, I think, has the same wish. I would like to use this opportunity to thank the police for their hard work on this case. Thank you. Following this press conference, Chen's lawyers issued a statement warning that further publication of the images would be a breach of copyright since, well, Edison Chen took the photos and owned the photographs. At this point, however, more than 400 photos of Edison Chen with celebrities like Jillian Chong, Cecilia Cheong, Bobo Chan, Candice Chan, Mandy Chen, Rachel Nan, and Vincy Yong were online. But what had contributed to the vitriol against Chen was, ironically, one of the things that he actually expressed thanks for in this statement. The police. Uh, I did not cover the police effort because I would leave that for the second episode. Um, But suffice to say, as the photos were leaking and celebrities were getting hounded and shamed, the police were hard at work trying to stop the spread of the photos. But their many, many wrong moves set alight the public's long-simmering unhappiness with them, conjuring up a public relations disaster that not only caused people to march on the streets in protest, but served as more fodder to hate on the victims. And that is where I shall leave you for today. Join me for the next episode of Can I Tell You Something Crazy? about Edison Chen, where I will cover the very bungled police response to the case, the ensuing legal trial, and the interview Chen did with CNN, where he addresses the death threat that he got via a bullet in the mail. Stay tuned. I'm your host, Jen Lee. And if you have any feedback about this episode, or if you have any ideas on what you want me to cover in this new series, do email us at podcast at or email me at jenlee at sph.com.sg. You can also slide into my DMs at jenleewrites. I'll see you next week, and thank you for listening. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.